The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. From Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you're here, glad that you are tuned in to that spirit of recovery, that you are a person who is on your spiritual journey and that you are open to some ideas and some inspiration into uh, hearing all about how spirituality and recovery work together and how uh, we can deepen that spiritual understanding and that spiritual walk. And I thank you also for participating. Thank you for posting on Facebook. I appreciate it. You can go to the Spirit of Recovery page on Facebook and post and like Spirit of Recovery there. And uh, it's great to hear from you and also to get your emails. So, uh, again, thanks a lot for for listening and thanks for participating. Also, I am glad that you're letting the people that you know know about Spirit of Recovery it's great to uh, have people listening and great to have those new listeners. And uh, I know that that's because you're spreading the word out there with the people in your recovery community, the people in your unity community, and uh, the other places that you go and know that there are people that are interested in spirituality and in recovery. I love broadcasting on the topic of recovery here on Unity Online Radio. It is wonderful to have the opportunity to do this um, and to be able to talk with wonderful guests every week and to bring these guests to you, the listeners, because I know that they are uh, people that are making a difference in your life. The guests that I bring here on Spirit of Recovery are always people who are down to earth, who are talking about topics that are important to the recovery community. They're guests that are knowledgeable, they're innovative, they're authentic. Um, Oftentimes, they're people that uh, may be in recovery themselves, or they're always uh, either that and or people that are working with or writing for recovering people. And so they've got lots of great insights in uh, how to walk this walk. Um, No answers, lots of solutions, though. So I'm just delighted to be able to bring you these guests and to bring you practical and inspiring information and conversations. You know that you, of course, can listen to Spirit of Recovery live through your computer. You can also uh, listen on your mobile device. You can download archives on demand. We've got uh, several years' worth of archives, and you can listen to those 
um, at your own convenience. I want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place and that we understand that recovery is a large concept and, and covers lots of different um, ideas, lots of different ways of thinking about it. So uh, know that if you're, if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction or if you're the family member that's in your own recovery as a family member or a family member or friend of somebody that has the disease of addiction, whether or not you or they are in recovery or you're just curious, interested in the topic of recovery and spirituality, you are most welcome here. We're very glad, again, that you are a part of our listening audience. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a unity minister and an addictions counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that do have the disease of addiction. And many years ago, those relationships got me started on my own active path of uh, working with the 12 steps in my own uh, way, in my own program, and got me involved in spiritual development. And ever since then, my walk has been an integration um, of the foundation of unity principles and the recovery principles uh, which keeps me transforming my life and keeps me growing in ever deeper and ever richer ways. So I'm very grateful, very delighted, again, to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you and to hear what's happening for you in your spirituality and your recovery. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of spiritual retreats, of coming apart a while, of taking some time away, and uh, perhaps with a group of people, oftentimes that's how retreats happen. Sometimes we can go on a retreat um, by ourselves, but going on a spiritual retreat is a wonderful way to deepen recovery, to deepen and enlarge our spiritual understanding. And it's amazing how just taking a, even a day or if you can, a few days or a week even, or sometimes uh, people are able to get away for more extended periods of time. But taking uh, that time away to put the focus on your relationship with your higher power, on reflection, on prayer, on uh, sharing in a nurturing environment, that that can really bless us and really move us forward in our recovery. So we're going to be reflecting on that today and seeing what uh, how a spiritual retreat can really be empowering for us. My guest is Richard C., and Richard has been a guest uh, before with us on Spirit of Recovery. And Richard is a, is a dynamic, uh, joyful person. Uh, Richard has been in recovery uh, his, himself for many years. He's also been a, a student, a participant in the Unity Principles uh, for many years. He teaches the Unity Principles. He also teaches Tai Chi and Qigong, and he uh, is uh, retired. He had uh, spent 25 years in the Navy and 17 years with the Postal Service. And he ha- so he's had a, a very rich and full life and continues to do that. And he's very engaged with his uh, spiritual walk and with the recovery walk. Richard's going to be uh, talking with us today about some things uh, that he's been doing on spiritual retreats. He's had a, a full circle from many years ago attending retreats to now he's uh, been a retreat leader. So he's going to be sharing with us about that walk and uh, sharing with us about how it enriches his life. So, Richard, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. Glad you're back. Thank you, Anna. Thank you so very much. It's really nice to be back. I was just sitting here reflecting on every time I seem to think I'd like to host one of these shows, I 
look at the amount of work that you and Jeff go through, and I decide, no, I really don't want to do that. <laughs> it, well, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of it work. It is. It is. And I, I will put in a plug for our engineer, uh, who, Jeff, who does do. He's in, he's incredible. He does. He really does work at it. Well, good. Well, I'm glad that you'll be a guest then. I'm glad that you're our guest. So, <laughs> yeah. I, go, go ahead, ahead please. Well, one thing I forgot to say that's really important is that Richard blogs, and so you can read more about what Richard has to say on his blog, and I believe your blog is still, is there more than the steps dot is there, blogs, is, yeah, is there more than the 12 steps? Is there more than the 12 steps dot blogspot dot com? Okay, right. so they can find your blogs there, right? Yeah, I, uh, several years ago, I decided that, uh, especially on retreating, um, that while the 12 steps of many, many uh, programs are the basis of the life for people in recovery, it's the expansion of life around those 12 steps that really gives us the richness of living. So I, I try to write about a uh, little bit more broad stroke than the 12 steps, although those are a basis for living. So it's a fun blog. Right. Yeah, it is, and I, I uh, read it sometimes, and it is. Richard always has uh, interesting things to share. So, Richard, again, this is something that you've blogged about recently is about um, coming full circle uh, around spiritual retreats. So tell, tell us about your, the first recovery spiritual retreat that you went on and what that was like for you. Thank you. Um, this was uh, in uh, September of 1975. I had been in recovery. I got into recovery in the Philippines in, uh, in 1974 and came back to uh, near Baltimore, Maryland. And a sponsor in that, in that recovery program, a wise, wise gentleman, um, asked me if I'd like to go on a retreat. And my ego at that time said, eh, those people don't know what I need. You know, and I was just a young pup and in, in, in recovery, and, and I just didn't know what I didn't know. So he went out and <laughs> paid for his own retreat, and then the night before the retreat, he called me up and said, I can't go. You have to go. Well, I would never let him down, so <laughs> I went to a retreat in Claggett, Maryland, which was an old uh, brick, huge, huge home up in Claggett, Maryland. This is in uh, October. It was cold up in the Cumberland Gap. And it was a, a brother house for a retired uh, priest. And the retreat master, I'll never forget, Father Phil. Father Phil came out of uh, Catholic University. He was a long time in re- recovery and a very wise man, but still a very old, hardline Catholic priest. And I took a look at that gentleman when I walked in. I thought, I don't know what I'm doing here, but this guy scared me to death. And... Uh, I was uh, I was the only one from my area. I didn't know anybody, and even though I was a brash and bold Navy chief in recovery, I still kind of hung back until some elderly man grabbed my arm and said, "You need to learn what you're doing here." And, and he kind of shepherded me through the weekend. So I made it through the weekend of uh, living bunk style with a bunch of recovering men that were much more smarter than I am, and uh, my ego took a beating. Thank heavens. And uh, that was my first retreat. And it really sucked into me that I need to pull away from humanity. I need to be quiet. I need to sit quietly. And I need to listen to others that were much more smarter than I were. So that was my first exposure. What, so it sounds like one thing that happened for you was that you, you realized that you, it, 
it was safe and it was okay to be around other people, even if it was uncomfortable, but you could be vulnerable and quiet and, and, oh. and spiritual around other people. Is that accurate part of it? Absolutely. I, yeah. In the U.S. Navy, in my particular career field, I was the first ever to come into recovery. And uh, it was so surreptitious, they didn't even know it. Uh, when they finally figured it out, it was two years later and they couldn't do anything about it. So I kind of lived in the shadows in the U.S. military in recovery. And in my community, uh, the hotbed of sobriety that surrounded uh, southern Baltimore, I kind of hidden the shadows there because I wasn't the big dog. And I, I did kind of live a little bit apprehensive. And then when I got to that retreat and found out that it's like everybody just ripped themselves wide open and said, you know, whatever you want, take it. It's free. And here I am. And I thought, this is really nice. And I am a very gregarious and a very happy, joyous, and free person. And these, all these gentlemen were too. I thought, wow, this is really something special. And, uh, yeah, I think you're absolutely correct. I found out I was safe. I could, I could be me for a change, not something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that's huge. I mean, that's, that's so much about what recovery is about. I think, uh, you know, recovery is so much about my, my image is like standing in a circle. We're all equal. We're different, but we're equal. And, um, sounds like that's one thing you were finding out there yeah. and that, and that's safe to be in that circle. It, it was, and that openness, that openness, uh, after I returned from the retreat and shared with my sponsor how nice it was, and thanked him, uh, uh, I thanked him, and then he, handed, he stuck his hand out and said, good, now give me my money. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't, he wouldn't give it to you. <laughs> yeah, what a bum, you know, but anyway, he was uh, invited to be the first speaker at uh, a Maryland State Overeaters Anonymous uh, gathering, mm-hmm. and he and I went together. And although we are not in OA, they were just starting OA. They didn't have a clue how, what it was. Hmm. And we spoke at an OA uh, gathering on a weekend. Hmm. And I, re- I had learned to be open and receptive to most people. And that cleared the way for me to go into that gathering of people that I had nothing. Knew, I knew nothing about OA. I, I, you know, I was 110 pounds soaking wet. Uh, but yet to open myself up and say, this is what recovery is. This is what you're really looking for. And boy, I tell you, that was a, an experience that was going to shape the rest of my life. Uh, to be able to open to other recovery forms. Uh, that, that was hard for me to do in the beginning. But right. They, they made it easy after the retreat. Mm-hmm. So, so that's incredible. It's like that's a, a wonderful part of spirituality, too, is that if we do what we're called to do in this day, then it's going to open doors to the next day in ways that we didn't even know we needed those doors opened. Oh, absolutely. And, and it's typical in any recovery community. When you go off on a retreat, uh, you, you gain names and phone numbers, and you start knowing personalities, and you start knowing things about them. And it's like, oh, I can't get, wait to get back and see how Anna is this year and how much she's going. It's like, it's like a, a microcosm of a family. And actually, I, I actually still stay in contact with some of the people from two of the guys from back in that day, back in the 1975 day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, they're just like brothers to me now. You know? it's, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, since that time, again, years ago that you went on that first retreat, um, I'm sure you've been on other retreats in the in between. And I, and obviously, we'll we'll talk later about your more recent experience, but. 
what's what have the ones in the intervening years been been like? Maybe give us some ideas of things that you've done on the retreats. Oh, certainly. One of the things that kind of dismays me, I think, about retreating and recovery is the economy. Uh, mm-hmm. Back in the in the mid seventies, eighties, there was a small, very tiny retreat center uh, near Brooksville that was run by a retired Unity minister and his wife and uh, Paul Marie Church. They're both passed on now. And that was and, in Maryland. In Maryland? No, no, in uh, Brooksville. Book. I'm sorry, Brooksville, Florida. Okay. Uh, I misspoke. Mm-hmm. It's Brooksville, Florida, north of Tampa. Mm-hmm. And. They would simply open the retreat center up to us as a family retreat. We'd have AA, we'd have Eleanor, we'd have Alateen, we'd have Alapot, and anybody else that wanted to just kind of run there, that was fine with us. But we could put on a retreat for $35 for the weekend. We did all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the laundry. We did everything from Friday noon until Sunday evening. And they got the retreat center back in better condition than we, we went in. But it was a big family retreat. The meetings and the group gatherings were all designed to pull the families together and have, try to have healings. And now the economy has blossomed out so much that to do that in that form, it's almost impossible. It, it, it's just impossible. To, so we, we, I think with the economy, the way, the way it's grown, we've lost that, uh, that power of very cheap, dynamic family retreat. And that, that saddens me a little bit. Some of us are trying to figure out how to get around that, but we haven't quite figured it out yet. So mm-hmm. That's one of the real highlights of my, of my life is those family retreats uh, where everybody went, you know. Mm-hmm. What kinds of uh, activities did you have on those uh, family retreats? Did they have different groups for different, like the different, like the family members and so forth, or how did that work? Yeah, well, the, the, there was three or four of us that got together that planned the retreat and kind of acted as a, a little bit of a head group. But what we tried to do is get activities and try to mix and match. For example, take take a person who had been in Al-Anon for a long time that seemed to really understand what was going on and let them chair a group discussion for Alateen. Mm-hmm. Or take an Alateen that was a little older, maybe 15 years old or 16 years old, and chair a group discussion centered around the family for recovering AA members. Cool. Hang on to that thought. We're going to be right back. It's time for our our break. And uh, my guest is Richard C. We're talking about Come Apart a While, the power of spiritual retreats here on The Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you. Daily Word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. My mind and body are in an ongoing conversation. 
My body responds to my thoughts and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body. I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God, mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Are you tired of life slamming the door in your face? Did you get another rejection letter, pink slip, foreclosure notice, or go on yet another bad date? Does it seem like the older you get, the more hopeless life seems? Are you ready to stop taking no as your final answer? Then join us for Design Your Life, a talk show by Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach. Go into the locker room for one full hour with the championship coach every week and start designing your winning playbook that will make the rest of your life the best of your life. That's Design Your Life with Kevin Cottrell Ross, the coach's coach, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. For listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is Come Apart a While, The Power of Spiritual Retreats. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. My guest today is Richard C., and he's talking with us about the power of going on a spiritual retreat and how that can uh, really move us forward in our spiritual development and in recovery as we take that time uh, to focus on reflection and prayer and uh, perhaps going on that retreat with with a group of people. And um, it's just a wonderful way uh, to grow spiritually. Richard is a recovering person. He's a Unity student and a Unity teacher. He also teaches Tai Chi and Qigong, and uh, he has... In addition to attending retreats for many years, he has also led retreats, and he's going to be talking with uh, us again some more about that. Before I get back to my conversation with Richard, I invite you to join me in a moment of quiet called the Serenity Minute. I invite you to relax, take a breath, and breathe in as fully as is comfortable, and exhale that breath as fully as is comfortable. 
and share with me this constructive idea, and then we'll take a moment of quiet. I find the love and power of my higher power always with and within me. I find the love and power of my higher power always with and within me. And now we take a moment in the quiet. Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that that was an opportunity for refreshment and for making that conscious contact with your higher power as you understand that higher power, certainly as a loving presence. And so now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Richard C., talking about the power of spiritual retreats come apart a while. So, Richard, before the uh, break, you were telling us about how uh, at one point, maybe some years ago, you were on uh, family retreats and that they were 12-step retreats for all the members of the family, the, the Alanons, the AAs, the Alateens, the Alatots, the Aladogs, and the Alacats. No, they weren't coming. They probably weren't there. But um, so, uh, and it was great. What a concept of having people in different programs talking to other people or, or facilitating groups. What else could you tell us about the power of that kind? Because there are all kinds of retreats. So that was a family retreat. So what's the power of that? What did it do for people to have uh, be kind of with, with people from other kinds of 12-step programs? Well, I think it's, uh, and by the way, that, that, that quiet minute, that silent moment is such a powerful thing. We pack eternity into one minute and think about going to a place from Friday noon until Sunday noon and doing that all the time. Now, that's the power of a retreat, mm-hmm. the quietness. Anyway, uh, many people, when they get into recovery, they get so focused and so intense and so tunnel-visioned that even in their own families, they don't recognize that those other family members and maybe their loved ones and, and the people at work or the community are also going through a form of recovery, and there's a disconnect. So when you're able to bring together some form of uh, family or group, uh, mixed group in a retreat, people start uh, getting the, the reminder, my golly, you know, it isn't only just about me, but there are others around me in the world that are also trying to recover. And the connection, again, I think once once again gets made. Uh, they're able to see that maybe their spouses or their children or, or even their coworkers uh, they're, they're home group members. They're all people trying to be quiet for a weekend or a week uh, in, uh, in the silence of uh, recovery. So I think it's a very powerful reminder that it ain't just us, folks. There's a lot of people out there with us. Mm-hmm. That's great. It breaks through that isolation that can happen in the disease of addiction and in, in the family disease and in the substance abuse or the process addiction, the behavioral, any of it. Boy, the disease is all about isolation. And recovery is about connection, isn't it? Yes, yes. Now, there's a retreat system uh, called the Matt Talbot Retreat. And the Matt Talbot Retreat System has been around for a long time. And it's based uh, 
on a guy by the name of Matt Talbot, who in Dublin became addicted to alcohol and then later had a spiritual conversion. And the, the people in that area thought, if, if Matt Talbot gets sober, it's definitely a miracle. And they started venerating him uh, and actually scrubbing him for canonization. So, uh, and this America, was Dublin, Ireland? Dublin, Dublin Ireland? Dublin, Ireland. Okay. Like, Irishmen got sober on the steps of a church. And uh, uh, today there's a, there's a large retreating movement called Matt Talbot, both for men and women, although they don't mix them. There is now retreats uh, for both sexes. And these are based on the, uh, the, the, the uh, AA 12-step program, primarily, not affiliated with AA at all. But there's groups all over the world. I mean, just literally all over the world. And any, any facility that will put together 35 to 50 people for a weekend, they'll hold a retreat there, and they keep the price down pretty good, too. So, the so Matt it's Matt Talbot, T-A-L-B-O-T, Matt yes. Talbot? Is that correct? T-A-L-B-O-T, yes, Matt okay, Talbot. So people could Google that if they were oh, interested? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, okay. and it's, it's a very powerful system, very powerful, uh, especially in the, uh, in the alcohol community, in the A community. It's a very, very old system, so uh, that, that works. One of the things that used to, used to intrigue me was, and I'm sitting here looking at my computer screen with like 12 tabs open, and every single one of them is a different denomination. And I know that every single one of them hosts recovery retreats. So lots of different uh, religious denominations in. So there are oh. lots of ways to access retreats. Oh, absolutely. I, the, the mainline religions and some of the secondary ones have, have since realized that retreating is a very, number one, it's a big business. But number two, it's a big help to their flock, to their, to their church. And it's, they really do welcome the people to try and come in for a weekend or even sometimes a week if they're big enough. And it, they're just, they open their arms wide open and say, come on in. We don't know if you have any faith. We don't know if you have a, a religious denomination, but we have a place that you can stay quiet for a weekend. And that, I think, is one of the greatest things. I've been from, from, from Jewish houses of worship uh, to universalist, uh, to uh, sister houses, to brother houses. To, it, it just amazes me that we, in recovery, can, can look around and say, we are welcome anywhere. That just, I love that. It's wonderful. And Unity uh, Village has had recovery treats uh, in the past. I, I don't know if there's one uh, particularly scheduled uh, for the future or not. I don't know, but I do know they have had them. And um, so that's always a possibility as well that, um, that I have, Unity I have also, my, also yeah, has. I have one of my, favorite, my most favorite retreating stories in the world. There's a gentleman uh, who's now made his transition, John O. I'll protect his anonymity. 1996, he was suffering from advanced AIDS, dying quickly. And uh, he got introduced to the Unity Principles to his wife, and he became a quest in the community. He, all he wanted to do in life before he died was go to Unity Village and see the village. That's all he wanted to do. Just go look at it and look at the rose gardens and look at the fountains. So we got wind that there was going to be a recovery retreat in the uh, summer of 96. And I went around to four AA members and said, whip out your checkbook and give me some money. And they all four of those without even asking a question. They all wrote a check 
we took the money over and handed it to, to John and said, here, go to the retreat and come back and tell us what it's like. Mm-hmm. Well, he did. And he went scared like everybody. He flew there. He was scared. He's an older man. He's 50 years old at the time. And they welcomed him, certainly, at Yearly Village in, in, in Yearly Style, the way they do. And they put him out in one of the cottages. And he found out he was going to have to bunk with some grisly old man sitting there. And that old man was NSP, who at that time was 62 years in recovery. And John ended up having the week of his entire life, even though he was dying. It was just, it was like a miracle. And uh, he came home, and he made sure that people understood that the power of the group recovery that helped him go out there and get into a a retreat system in a retreat mode has probably extended his life well he ended up living another four years wow yeah and and it was just absolutely uh absolutely as a result of that he got invited over to tampa to meet with mary cooperly Mm -hmm. is pronouncing that right Yes, 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 and Mary Cupferly was a unity minister that, uh, a longtime unity minister that wrote wonderful books, How to yes. Let God, uh, Trust in the Goodness of God, I can't think of the others, but uh, wonderful books, wonderful, inspiring uh, books. Well, mm-hmm. They invited him over, and he met backstage with her, and she said, uh, would you like to uh, just kind of be my, my poster child for about an hour? He said, absolutely. He, he ended up living his life the next four years just in the greatest fashions. But that's the power of a retreat. Certainly some recovery members facilitated it, and I'm sure that the, 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 the power greater than ourselves has rewarded them amply over the time. But just to see this man live that much longer was just out of a retreat system was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, thank you for telling that story. That is, that's really... That's something, and that's true. You know, it's that it's when we get together with uh, other people and open up to that conscious contact and open up uh, to the love and the trust. We're opening up to the presence of God, and it—that's life itself. It sure is. Yeah. Wow. And the other, th- the other thing that I that I've learned over the years was everybody thinks, well, you have to go for a week or you have to go for a weekend. Mm-hmm. Retreating just means withdraw to to come back, pull yourself back from society. Pull yourself back from the hubbub of life and just get quiet. So, you know, that could be a day. That could even be a half a day sitting beside the lake, um, eating a sandwich, watching the ducks. As long as it's out of my own particular area, I need to, I need to get out of my own energy. And uh, I, I, it's not necessary that you fly thousands of miles or and that you have placid waterfalls. Just get out of the rat race and get quiet. Mm-hmm. Tell us some more, Richard, about how you get quiet and what that means what, what, and why it matters, why, what it does for us. I'm finding out. I'm finding out I, I became a practicing Reiki practitioner in 1993. And uh, through the power of Reiki and through uh, my own spirituality, I've watched people get quiet, contact that power within them, and start working in their own energy at the cellular level even, and do great and wondrous things for themselves. And then I became a practitioner of Tai Chi and Qigong, and I teach meditation through the, through the Chinese arts, the healing arts. And I know for myself 
I know for me that when I get quiet and go within to that universe, which is equal to the universe, that universe is exactly where I live and move and have my being. All problems are solved there. All monumental actions of life begin there. And I just know that that's a place that I try to be with as many people as I can. I conduct a meditation on a weekly basis for the public for a half hour. They can sit still for a half hour at least, but for, it's a silent meditation. In my classes, all my classes start with meditation. And people now are saying, quietness is the way, quietness is the way. And I say, yes, quietness is the way. Quietness is the way. And in Genesis, it's, and God said, let there be light. But until he said that, it was quiet. Mm-hmm. It was quiet. Good point. You know, some people, uh, the idea of going on a retreat or even going out and sitting by the lake for an hour and allowing themselves to be quiet, even people in recovery, even though the 11th step is a prayer meditation, that is scares them to think about being quiet. So how reassure us, Richard, what, what might goes on when we sit and try to be quiet or how can we get past sometimes that fear or sometimes people feel like, well, I don't know how to get quiet or I don't know. Well, Tell us. I think, I think two things that, that I think of is, number one, every retreat I've ever been to, God is understanding that power greater than itself has always saw fit to cough up one person that kind of clicks with you. And you may not even have nothing to say about it. They're just going to say, wow, that Anna looks like she's a nice lady. I'm going to hang around her. And there you are. You're, for the weekend, you got a buddy, you know. Therefore, I'm not really ever totally alone, and I'm not lonely because I have a companion. But when I go sit in the peace hut in, in the forest or when I go walk beside the lake or when I go sit at the picnic table and watch the ducks, I know that I can, with my eyes, I sense around me movement. I see sunlight. I see trees. So I know I'm okay physically, and it allows me to accept whatever is going on inside of me for just a moment to let myself quiet. No matter, no matter what's going on inside, I can just allow it to happen. And usually if I have somebody wandering around with me all weekend, they know that they're going to do the same thing. And it's very powerful for two people to sit quietly in, in the energy space of each other and never say a word, just knowing that they're there. Look at Meister Eckhart says man's only real problem is he can't sit in a, a, an empty room by himself, uh, something like that, and, and I believe it. Well, now we know that you know, it is possible to just get quiet and just let it happen. One of my favorite stories about the Buddha is Buddha and his disciple walking along, and the disciple is just gushing all over the place. Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. I'm meditating and seeing wonderful lights and hearing gorgeous ethereal sounds and Buddha says, that's wonderful. Keep meditating. It'll go away. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 So now, the, the, the proof in the pudding, I used to do a meditation in Orlando, Florida, at the Christchurch Union. Engine company number one, Orlando Fire Department, is right next door. Mm-hmm. So at 6 o'clock, ding, goes the bell, everybody get quiet. A little bit of background music, Richard McDesey playing in the background. It's really great. You know, Russ Hamlin. And then all of a sudden, there's a fire call. Here goes three trucks rolling, and everybody sits up, and, and the first time it happens, it's like, how do you expect me to meditate with a fire company going on, you know? After about three times, you tell them, don't give it power. Just let that sound go in 
and let the sound come right out the other side. It has no power of you. I have watched older people and very young people, a set of twins, five years old, sit there through a six-alarm fire next door and not even blink because they learn to just, all the sounds around them just don't give them any power. They have no power over you. Thank you, Richard. Hold that thought. It's time gotcha. for a break. Uh, listeners, we're talking about Come Apart a While, the power of spiritual retreats. My guest is Richard C., and this is Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back. Stay with us. You have a coach in your corner. A life coach, that is. Like a coach in sports, a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them. Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful, and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. If I were brave, I'd walk the races where fools and dreamers dare to and never lose faith. How is life working for you? Would it be okay with you if life got easier, simpler, yet more meaningful and vibrant? Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesday afternoons for Vibrant Living. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to make your life more vibrant. Is there something in your life you'd like help with? A dream you'd like to achieve? A relationship you'd like to improve? Call into the show toll-free for Coaching with Carla. That's Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla, Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Central on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if we're all meant to do what we secretly dream? Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my guest today is Richard C., and we're talking about the power of spiritual retreats come apart a while. Uh, we're talking about why it does so much good for us to, to step back from the everyday routine of our lives, whether it's just for an an afternoon or an hour or whether we can actually go away for a weekend or a week or maybe even longer, but to step away and really focus on our spiritual life. So, and my guest, Richard uh, C., has uh, is a recovering person. He's a Unity student and a Unity. Uh, he teaches Unity classes. He teaches Tai Chi and Qigong. And he also has attended many recovery retreats over the years, and he has also led a recovery retreat. So, Richard, tell us, you 
recently led a recovery retreat. Tell us about that. What was that like for you? That's a that's a big responsibility. What you what was it like? What'd you learn? Wow, I learned a lot. I remember the day that I received a, a phone call and then a subsequent letter saying, "Would you agree to be the retreat master for a 44 year old uh, men's?" Uh, spiritual retreat that was keyed to uh, recovery. And uh, my first thought, which I'm always wary of, is the human thought said, why, certainly I can do this. My second thought, which is probably the divine thought, was, oh, boy, do I want to do this. (laughs) I accepted, and I had six months to prepare, and uh, I literally got to see the rest of the story. I I can remember so many retreats I went on, like, well, what's this old guy got to offer, and, what have these got to do? And, and I'd learn. Now I'm the one trying to help the flock. Now I'm the shepherd. Now I'm responsible for trying to portray some form of spirituality that these men who may be their first or their 44th uh, uh, retreat could get something out of it to help uh, bring themselves along spiritually. And for six months, I, I worked uh, on a program. I was responsible for four one-hour presentations and to also be available on a one-to-one counseling basis. And uh, I, knew that the, I knew that there was people there that started that retreat, so I was a little bit leery of that because these are old guys, you know, really old guys. I get 39 years sobriety, and, and I'm afraid of these guys, you know. And then I, I knew there was a couple coming that had never been to a retreat before. So mm-hmm. it's like, wow, you know, what do I do? So for me, I... I uh, I did meditate. I did put it into the silence, and I did put the question out there to the universe and the universe. What subject matter? What do I do? What is the ecumenical uh, uh, message that I could use? Because it comes from all walks of life. All, recovery, uh, all the recovery sources, all the major re- religions, these guys were a part of that. And it came to me that are we on the same page spiritually? Kind of like what many of the Unity uh, hosts on, on Unity FM are doing. Let's all get on the same page. Let's all think about the spirituality of life, you know. And I was able to pull together uh, four one-hour presentations of, are we together in this? Uh, and the, our text of uh, the big book is, is pointed in some places on, on what spirituality should look like and feel like and be like. And, you know, if you're not there, you're not, you know. And, uh, Wow. I came out of that, Anna, I, I had to lead the prayer sessions and the Vespers. I, I, I just came out of there drained. I mean, literally drained because I gave, for once in my life, I gave everything to these guys that I could possibly give. And, and I got to do some Tai Chi. None of them had ever done Tai Chi, so I got to lead some Tai Chi. But for once, it called upon me to think of others first and forget my own feelings. And the broader and the bigger message I think now that I'm getting is, is the part of a shepherd. You know, the flock is usually okay. There's safety in numbers. But it's that lost lamb. It's that lost person that you, min- that you minister to. And we had two or three broken guys, just broken. They were at the retreat because they really had nowhere else to go. People drug them along because... Rather than jump off a cliff in town, you might as well come out here and be with us, you know. And these guys were just devastated by circumstances of their lives, what was going on. 
and to try and share with them that in the quietness, in the, in the retreat is where they would find their strength and find their courage and find their answers. And then at noon, to stand there and let 52 guys hug me and say, thank you. I did find what you were talking about. I'm a crier, man. I could hear it coming already. It's just so overwhelming that now I know what the rest of the story is like. It's mm-hmm. just amazing to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's it. that was in Conyers, Georgia, at a beautiful old monastery, Our, Our Lady the Holy Spirit Monastery in Conyers, Georgia. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun, a lot of rapport, a lot of uh, telling lies and telling stories and going in for catfish dinners. But in the crypt, in the silence, these guys were working on what's going on on inside, and they left better as better men, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, so for, sounds like for you, it really pulled out pulled out that whole concept of being of service, and and as you said, really uh, being present to people. What were some of the things? Again, in a general way, we certainly don't want to uh, violate anybody's uh, confidentiality or, or or anything, but. In general, what do you think that the men took out, took away with them when they left? I think one of the biggest things that I was seeing is they did take away. Now, the very brand new person learned that it's it's okay to talk. It's okay allowed to talk out loud. It's okay allowed to talk out loud in front of a large group of men. It's okay to cry in front of the men. It's okay to hug a bunch of men. It's okay to walk arm in arm down by the lake with a bunch of men. They just were allowed to be free to do whatever they really wanted to do and not know and, and to know that they were not going to be judged, that they were not gonna that they were not gonna be picked on or in any form. Just be yourself. Just be yourself. And that was that was kind of eye opening to some of the newer members and some of the even the older members uh, that had gotten a little settled in their ways. They, they saw that you could just you can tap dance. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, the other one I liked was uh, being ecumenical, trying to, are we all together on the same page? They, they were trying to describe to themselves and others where they're at spiritually, what the God of their understanding is doing and not doing. What does it look like? What does it taste like? How does it work within me? What is it? And some of these people were really amazed that this gruff old guy sitting over here in the corner had such a powerful interpretation of God within him. They understood where his power was coming from. You know, that, that really bowled some of them over. You know? And these people were very open about it, very unabashed. They were in a safe community, as you said, a very safe community. It kind of wasn't anything they couldn't let out. So a lot of fourth and fifth steps are done on these spiritual retreats, a lot of them. It's a good place to clear the air. It's a good place to look into the past and, and see what's going on and, and release release all that pent-up ugliness that we hold inside of us. And these guys are doing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you had a variety of activities, like just times to share, maybe times maybe when you as the leader were giving information, times of quiet. Is that and times they could just go off by themselves? Is that right, kind of a variety right. of activities? Yeah. It, it, we would start the morning and the noon. I would uh, do a uh, short presentation, maybe half hour, 45 minutes, and give them some thought processes. So let's look at it this way. Let's think about this. And then four, 52 people would break up into five groups, small groups. And then they would discuss it and then come back, and one of them would report out. Well, our group kind of thought about this. 
And that was real revealing, too, you know, depending how it was totally random. We put the groups totally random. We never got in the same group once. And boy, I mean, they really opened up to each other. And then after that, there was an hour's quiet time. You could go lay down, walk by the walk, you know, the lake, go sit in the crypt. It doesn't matter. They had a little gift shop. You could go spend some money if you wanted to. I could go up and chant with the monks. You know, that, that was true. You could do that. Uh, but then we come together for a family-style dinner. It's usually served family-style. A lot of uh, chuckling and laughing and and uh, past the buns and, you know, just a good, wholesome meal, you know, and great desserts, always great desserts. So. Mm-hmm. And then in the evening, we'd have a short session where, again, they'd go into group. And then on Saturday night, they picked, the, the elders of the group tried to pick uh, one person to share at a, at a meeting, and they had an hour-long speaker meeting. It was dynamite, just dynamite. It was just a, a young kid that had only been around recovery for about seven years, Boy, he was dynamite. So, yeah, it, you had plenty of time. If you wanted to get up at 4 a.m., you could go chant with the monks up in the chapel. I did not do that. I <laughs> don't know Gregorian chants, so I'm not going to take a chance. Uh, but vespers and morning prayers and breakfast, and then group again, group in the morning. So it's fairly structured. You, re- you really have free time, yes, and you really have rest time, yes, and quiet time, yes. But you also have something to keep your mind going in one direction, and that's recovery. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. And, um, again, Ty, thinking for listeners who might be interested in a retreat, we already said they, you can Google it. There's lots of kinds of retreats, recovery-oriented, not recovery-oriented, all kinds of religious denominations, Christian and other uh, faiths, I'm sure Buddhists. I'm sure there's retreats. There's retreat centers. Also, um, in a person's own local area, uh, the program itself doesn't sponsor retreats, and a lot of times there are people in 12-step programs that will form a group and, and have a retreat in a local area. Or as we said, you can just go off by yourself, you know, for a day or an hour or whatever. So there's lots of ways people can access coming yeah. apart a while. Mm-hmm. Just go to Google and, and type in Retreat uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pages and pages of, of retreats will fall out, and then you just kind of pick the one you like. That's right. So, Richard, our times of, we're near the end of our time here, so tell us uh, your final words of wisdom for us, truly, about what's it all about to come full circle. What's the power of retreat? I think I'm going to uh, go out, and, and I hope I don't violate a, a logo or anything, but uh, Nike uses the, the, the slogan, just do it. You know, retreating is something that people talk about. Retreating is some people that shy away from Retreating is something that they don't know about. I say to them, just do it. Just get out there and get quiet and see what happens. The power of quiet within any person is just absolutely miraculous. So for me, I just I tell people, just do it. Get out. Don't talk about it. Get out there and do it. All right. Richard, thank you so much for being my guest today here on Spirit of Recovery. Listeners, thank you for being with us today. And so we're all going to get out there and do it and be quiet and uh, make conscious contact with uh, that higher power that loves us. So, again, Richard, thank you so much. Thank you all for listening. God bless. And we'll be back next week with the Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. 
Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. Committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard shares this from his book, Good Questions. We are here to learn, grow, experience, savor, exalt, cherish, create, and to use our connection with that mind to make safe decisions. We are here to share, to be fruitful, and to multiply the good over and over again. Centering on the divine within, we become still and realize that whatever happens, we are still one with God. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. 
Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.